Welcome to Reptile Fight Club. My name is Justin Julander, and I will be your host this evening. Um, with me, as always, Chuck Poland. What is up, Mister? Oh, Chuck. you know. Yeah. Not much. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Do I know? I haven't talked to you for a while. I've been out of the country, man. Yeah. Yeah. How was out of the country? That was fantastic. It was wonderful. Man, Costa Rica, there's a lot of good stuff there. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. yeah You're going to tell us can... about it? or? Sure, why not? <laughs> so <laughs> my daughter's over there teaching English, so we went and hung out with her for a, a week or so. Um, she's down uh, in pretty remote area down in the southwest kind of peninsular area, the Osa Peninsula. And uh, so we we got the rental vehicle. My So it was me and my uh, three daughters. And then, so the fourth was in, in Osa. And then um, my parents went with us. Jake decided he didn't want to go. So uh, not into it. Stayed huh? home. No. And it's kind of like, well, somebody's going to watch the dog. So that works. And he, he worked and was going to school and stuff. So he didn't feel like he could miss it, which is, which is okay. Um, he's not much of the outdoorsy kind. So we, uh, got there, got the rental car and drove. Now the, the roads that the map was taking me on, I had this, you know, for, uh, offline map program that was free or whatever. And oh my goodness, it, it was taking us on all these crazy like back roads and dirt roads. And it's telling us to go down these like steep hills. And I'm like, what is going on here? And, uh, I realized that I had my, um, my map setting to avoiding toll roads. So it was trying to avoid all the toll roads and taking me all over creation on these windy roads. You know, my oldest daughter was getting sick, car sick. And, and, uh, so it was, it was a rough start and it actually added a few hours to our uh, drive out to where my daughter was. So that kind of sucked. So we didn't get down there until after dark, but, um, so we, we got down there and we stayed in a place that was right on the beach, which was pretty sweet. So first thing in the morning I got up and I mean, this place is just incredible. Like Osa is pretty cool because it's pretty remote. And so there's not a lot of people down there. And so, I mean, there's wildlife everywhere. You know, I got up about kind of right with the sun rising and there was like a toucan in the tree behind the house and a bunch of macaws flying over and all sorts of weird birds that I'd never seen before. And, uh, it was, it was really cool. There was a big, uh, basilisk, uh, brown basilisk living in the tree. So I was walking down the, the stairs in the morning and, and there was this big basilisk in the tree, like head nodding, you know, head bobbing at me and stuff. And, um, I was like, this, this is a cool spot, you know? So in that first area, we, we hung out with my daughter, went and saw the school and the kids at the school. I had my camera and I was looking for birds, you know, while we're, we're kind of, um, hanging out at the school. We, we did a trick or treat thing for him. So we brought a bunch of candy. And so the kids got to trick or treat to different stations around the school. So kind of fun, bring a little American, uh, goodness to them. Hopefully, uh, you know, promote that diabetes over there. You know, that kind of thing. Diabetes. <laughs> Eat your soup. Um, so <laughs> we, we, uh, you know, it was, it was a good time. We, we did a boat tour in the Gulf uh-huh. Dulce, which is 
the sweet, sweet Gulf. But that place is like flat. There's like no waves out there at all. And so we did this boat tour out there, went and there were a bunch of dolphins. But on the way out to see the dolphins, the guy's like, oh, there's a snake. And I'm like, a snake? (laughs) And it was this sea snake, bright yellow, beautiful sea snake. That was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I'm like, holy crap, this is, uh, this is awesome, you know? And, uh, just, he, he pulled the boat up next to it and let us take pictures. And I was so tempted to jump in there and like swim around with it. But, um, it, uh, I, I did kind of pet it on the tail after I'd taken a few photos of it. And, and then it started swimming down into the water, which looked pretty cool. So I got a video of that, but what a cool snake. So this was the, it's endemic to that area. It's the Gulf Old Dolce uh, sea snake. And uh, pretty uh, pretty exciting to see that. Um, we went and swam with the dolphins, or not, not swam with the dolphins, but we watched the dolphins. And then he let us jump in the water because my daughter said if if they're calling to each other, you can hear them calling underwater, you know, making the little dolphin noises. So we tried that, but weren't able to hear them. So I think they were a little shy because they had a, a baby dolphin with them. And so they kind of kept their distance. They weren't like jumping on the waves of the, of the bow or anything like that. So um, we went out, did a little bit of snorkeling around these little islands and saw some cool stuff. My daughter found this big moray eel and it just hung out, you know, in the little cave checking us out and stuff so got some photos of that and um we went onto the shore the you know this little uh preserve area and the guy uh, the boat driver uh guide guy he uh um cracked open a, a coconut for us so we could drink the coconut water and and eat some of the coconut so that was kind of cool watch watch him just open it with a rock you know? uh, i didn't say pee call i didn't say it um, so we, uh, you know, came back and as we came back on the shore, there were like all these macaws in the trees, right on the beach, like, right. And our, and our Airbnb was right on the beach as well. So I ran and grabbed my camera and I'm just taking pictures of all these macaws and stuff. So pretty cool. Um, we, uh, went surfing. So you definitely got your bird nerd on. Oh yeah. I mean, there were, there were a ton of cool birds. Uh, one day we did a, a bird tour with a guide. This was in Monteverde, and we saw like 36 species in in a few hours. You know, there were just birds everywhere. Um, we did a night tour um, pretty soon uh, after we got into Osa at, at the uh, Latarde um, Preserve, and this is you know pretty famous spot for herpers. I had a few people contact me and like, Oh, I've spent a lot of time there. Here's a bunch of reptiles. I found, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff down there. So, um, we, we saw a helmeted iguana that was kind of high on my list to see. Um, we, we also saw this little slug eater snake. I spotted that in the tree. Um, a pug nose and all these really cryptic anoles. They were pretty cool looking. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of frogs, a lot of different frogs, some of the, uh, poison dart frogs. Um, and uh the red-eyed tree frog so tons of herbs i'm I'm trying to put all these up on uh, my uh instagram uh at jg julander uh on instagram so you can check yeah. out any pictures there if you want to give me a follow <laughs> um and then yeah the we did kind of a day and night tour so during the day tour it was like an evening and then we you know, went back to the place, had a snack and then went back out to herp at night. And so 
tons of spiders. Heidi, Heidi held this whip scorpion thing and, and it was like just crawling all over upper arm and stuff. I'm like, Oh my goodness. This is, this is much different from the girl I married. She's pretty uh, brave yeah. these days. It was pretty cool. So Who are you, I know it was, it was awesome. And then, uh, we went to, uh, um, went, um, after we did the herp tour, um, went and the next day did some surf surfing. So I'd wanted to surf. I tried like 20, 25 years ago. Yeah. I tried like 20 years ago, um, in Hawaii with a buddy and the waves were just huge and it was over a reef. And so I'm like, yeah, I don't want to get just trashed over this reef. So I was kind of wimpy and never really got up. So it was a long time coming, but yeah, we all got up and all surfed, so that was really fun. Yeah, um, we so we really totally saw. We we totally saw when when we pulled in. Uh, I was in the Navy when I went to Costa Rica, mm-hmm. and um, there there was there were surfers that were they were pretty much surfing right there on the rocks. Like it was, I mean, they would bail before you know it would break mm-hmm. too much, but like I mean, literally these waves would crash into these giant you know rocks. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but the waves were looked you know, awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah. but yeah, it was, I, I, this, this was a fairly good beginner spot, but it, there were some rocks, you know, it was pretty rocky, mm-hmm. uh, shelf mm-hmm. on the beach, which is where the waves come from, I guess. So, yeah. um, great instructor is the Poyo, uh, Poyo surf school or whatever down in, uh, kind of on the point of the boot of the Osa peninsula. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. And then we, we actually went back the next day and did some more surfing. And then as we were leaving the beach, um, I look up and there's this like, uh, archway with some greenery, you know, that was kind of hanging over it. And I'm looking and there's like a snake cruising along in this archway thing, just hanging down, waiting for me to just grab it. You know, it was, it was uh, raining fairly hard. And so I grabbed the snake and it's a brown vine snake. Nice. uh, Yeah, that's what we were looking for down in Arizona for you know a bit there in those trees. So, um, see, you had to leave the country to find one. (laughs) Oh yeah, I I mean it's a much easier find down there. Oh yeah, I'm sure to Southern Arizona. But uh, yeah, it was really cool to see one. And I mean, he basically found me. A much easier find. That's a bold. That's a bold statement, isn't it? uh, I mean, they're more commonly found. You know, people don't okay, spend years looking for them like they do in Arizona, you know, but that's you know, fair. they're, they're still pretty cryptic. Like I took a, a few photos and I didn't have a headlamp. And so it was like in the headlights of the car. And then, so it wasn't, wasn't the greatest, uh, photos for sure, but, um, you didn't have a headlamp cool as in right then or, or yeah, right Dr. Then. Julender did not go. To oh no, no. We, prepared. we all had headlamps. Okay. So <laughs> I came all prepared. Right. <clears throat> of course I had the biggest, brightest headlamp of, of, of all, but, <laughs> um, no, I got everybody those coast headlamps for the trip. So oh, nice. the, the smaller version, but I, cause I had a bigger one and a smaller one. And so I just bought a yeah. few more of the smaller ones. Um, but yeah, was, those are, those are nice headlamps. Yeah, um, is. so, uh, on, is that what you that, had in Arizona? Yeah. 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 In, in that uh, uh, surf area, we, on the way there, I mean, it was pretty rough road headed out there, but we saw um, spider monkeys, howler monkeys, and capuchins all in all in that one little area. So that was pretty cool. Did you invite them back to your place? 
Uh, well, yeah. Um, actually, one I heard of the, they fuck shit up, man. Uh, one of the girls that was uh, with uh, Ashley's group was, you know, the English group teaching teachers, whatever. Um, they went on this tour, and the guy, the guide, is like, "Oh, if you put some banana on your face, the monkeys will come down and lick it off you, or whatever." Oh, no. And one of the monkeys bit the girl, and she had to yeah. like go home and get, you, do you know, that. I know. We're, we're like, so, and Ash, Ashley's like, or she's like, "Yeah, I wasn't gonna do that. I don't know what this girl was thinking, but so, so she's like, that's okay. Like, I don't need a monkey to lick me, but yeah, and it bit her, and so she had to go home and get like rabies shots and stuff. So." Yeah, not smart. And I mean, monkey herpes is lethal in humans. Like if you get, if you get a, if you get monkeys, a monkey bite, that could be a pretty serious thing. So yeah, stay away from those primates, man. They'll, they'll mess you up. So, um, really cool place. And then, uh, we, we stayed for a few nights in, in this giant tree house. It was like seven levels of tree house. It was pretty cool. I mean, it rained most of the time, so that was kind of a little bit of a downside. But um, up on the top level, we were hanging out in the kitchen, and, and like all of a sudden, or one morning I wake up and I hear this little squeaky sound, and it's all these squirrel monkeys. This troop of squirrel monkeys nice. comes over like pretty close to the place. So I wake up, look out of the mesh, and there's these squirrel monkeys running around. So really cool uh, spot to stay in this in this tree house but and it was all yeah, open I mean, air like one night this giant roach crawled up the tree like it was seriously like the you know a, a huge roach like bigger than a dubia you know a little little awesome. wider, so yeah it was pretty cool and uh, everybody's like everybody was pretty cool about it they weren't too freaked out yeah. so i was i was thinking the girls would be a little more but my my girls are pretty tough unless it comes to moths for some reason, they get scared of moths. It's like, what more innocuous creature could you get afraid of compared to a moth? But Mothra. So I usually Mothra laugh at scary. them there. Yeah, yeah I so, only tease you about the monkeys because I had a, a, a co-worker that I used to work with when I did landscaping. And mm-hmm. uh, she was telling me a story. I don't remember where she was in South America, but she had left. they had left a window open. And mm-hmm. some monkeys broke into the place that they were staying oh my and completely <laughs> fucked the whole place up. Like smack, like, like rock star quality trash oh, the wow. place and then they... rolled out. So yeah. So that she was, she was always like, Oh yeah, dude, you totally got to lock your, lock your room up or monkeys will come in and fuck your shit up. No way. Which I always thought Man. was hilarious. I just, they, they pulled it's a just a mental. <laughs> yeah, it's just a mental picture of like monkeys just fucking fucking a place up. You know what I mean? It's just hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah we didn't have that happen to us. Thank goodness. That's good. That's good. Um, That's good. Was, you lose uh, your deposit. That, yeah, yeah. That sure. that Osa is a is a cool place though. Really pretty uh, wild and still has a bunch of good wildlife down there. Not very developed. Mostly you yeah. know primary jungle and stuff like that. So. Very the the Corcovado National Park is down there. We didn't really get get into there very much, just because it was the girls didn't want to do a long hike, and so they were being kind of. I think Heidi and I are going to go back and just really do it upright down there and get some mm-hmm. get a good tour into Corcovado and see some cool wildlife. But fun spot. So then we headed up north, went up to Monteverde into nice. the cloud forest. Uh, did did some more. Uh, I, I herped a little bit in the night. There was this uh, coral snake that was on the road, but it had been killed by somebody. Like there were, you know, obvious 
cut wounds, you know, close to the neck and head. So that kind of sucked. I got all like excited for a second. I'm like, Oh, a coral. But then it was dead. And you're like, ah, crap. Um, but didn't, didn't see too much out there, but I was just kind of walking up and down this road that was close to the Airbnb. So, but there were again, a lot of birds in the morning, saw the, uh, Mot Mot, which was really beautiful bird. Um, that's, this is where we did the birding tour in the morning there and, and saw ton of cool species saw the quetzals which are nice. that's probably the, the you know the kind of the crown jewel of the birding world down there just yeah the good spot to see them i guess uh they, they said only two percent of the people who go into the cloud forest uh see them ever and come we, back no sorry <laughs> and we and we saw three of them so that was pretty sweet nice. you know really cool um, then, uh, uh, did a, did a couple days there. We did the zip lining, of course, went and did a big zip line thing. And there was this, uh, side striped, uh, pit viper that was just right in the, in the uh, parking lot area. Like, awesome. I guess it crawled up into the parking lot while we were on the zip line. And then as we, so when we came back, this guy's like, Oh, you want to see a snake? I'm like, heck yeah, I want to see a snake. And there was this little viper in the tree, you know, and they said, yeah, it crawled out in the parking lot. So the, you know, the people, the workers here put it in this tree and I'm like climbing nice. up into the tree to get pictures with myself on there. Like, sir, sir, get down from there. What are you doing? So that's dangerous. I'm like, I got this. It's okay. I'm, I know about snakes. Like, don't worry about me. So I put venomous <laughs> reptiles between my legs on accident all the time. Um, yeah. So they were not too amused with that, but we went to their little wow. uh, reptile zoo there. So all their stuff was like fat and overfed and like, you know, it was, it was, they, a little, don't know. Uh, they just don't know. Zoo animals, danger, you know? So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But it was cool to see one in the wild for sure, even if I had to be shown it. But um, then we headed over to Arnall, and we only spent like a you know one night there before we headed back to the airport in, in uh, San Jose. But um, it was uh, a really cool spot, and I wish we would have spent more time there. Um, we went into the Hanging Bridges area and, and did a little bit there. They there was a an eyelash viper in one of the trees that. Nice. Uh, <laughs> again a bunch of cool birds monkeys all over the place uh we found a couple of the strawberry poison arrow frogs so that was cool to see some um some of those little bl uh, blue jeans they call them you know the um mm -hmm. they're red with the blue legs hind legs um so that was neat uh a lot of cool stuff and then I did this one quick, I, I went quickly on this little trail. It costs like 15 bucks to walk this trail, but there were all the, there was a jumping viper that, <laughs> that was just, you know, kind of on the side of the trail. They had, had like police tape around the, around the area where the viper was. And so he, he's like, yeah, I just walked down the trail, look for the police tape. Cause I asked him if there were any cool reptiles and, and then right at the pond, right by where you buy your ticket or whatever, there was this huge male green basilisk just out, out on the log. It was pretty sweet. And then all these rare birds cruising around this pygmy kingfisher was really cool. So yeah, man, we, we saw a ton of, ton of wildlife, yeah, an armadillo running say, around a, a sloth climbing a tree, you know, just everywhere you look, there's something cool. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. I'll be trying to put up a photo a day or maybe two photos a day of, of a different thing we saw in Costa Rica on my Instagram. So shameless plug, go check it out. JG Julander. <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we got back and, and on the, so we, 
drove down to LAX to save 200 bucks. Uh, my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Right. I fucking and, uh, hate LAX. It's, it's wonderful. That place can fucking die. But, oh my God. It's horrible. <laughs> the fucking yeah. worst place. You know, you know, Anson, Anson is living down there. He's about, you know, yeah. five, 10 minutes from the airport. So he actually, we, we went down over to his place and he drove us to the airport and, and, so he's vehicle. a good man that lives right oh, yeah. next to a horrible place. Great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. How's I mean, he not doing? not too terribly close, but he's doing good. Yeah, it was good to see him. I mean, that was yeah. like, we found out we were going to see him, and everybody's like, all right, Uncle Anson. Yeah. You know, Uncle Anson. He's fun. He's as fun, the dude. kids like to call him. But yeah, he's he's a cool guy. So yeah. that was really fun to see him and, and hang out with him for a bit. Because we were a little early, so we got to sit and chill and hang out with him. We went and got some dinner with him, and then... Um, man, what a, what a nice guy to keep our vehicle at his place. So we didn't have to pay to park and yeah, it was cool. So, um, and then, uh, and when we got back, he, you know, he picked us up and <laughs> all that good stuff. And we, we drove from LA to, uh, St. George and oh mm-hmm. my gosh, I hate driving in your freaking state, man. It just sucks. I'm so offended. Do not know how to drive. They just oh. plug up all the lanes. It's ridiculous. They do not get out of the fast lane. You can come so, up behind them going 150 and they just yeah. sit there like they own the yep. lane. You got to go around yep. them and oh, no, they buy it. They, they buy it with every new car that they get. They get yeah. exclusive rights to the left lane, no matter what anybody else is <laughs> no doing matter on what the road. Speed they're and going they stick or, to that. Yeah. Yeah. They totally stick to that. Uh. Even though California has those amber alert signs that says move right for traffic moving faster than you or yeah. whatever it says. But it's like uh. and and you know what? I'm just gonna say this and I hope if there's anybody out there driving a Tesla, they don't take any offenses. <laughs> but Tesla fucking drivers are the goddamn worst. They sit in the left lane, they drive yeah. slow, and then when you try to go around them, they're like, ha ha ha, look how fast my Tesla is, and they uh-huh. won't let you they speed up them. and yep, yeah, yeah. And and and, and, and I've experienced Honestly, that a those couple road times. rage videos of trucks running people off the road. That would be me if I didn't love my truck so much because I fucking hate Tesla drivers that do that. Anyway, yeah, I totally know what you deal with because yeah. I deal with it every day. And yes, California <sighs> drivers Nuts. freaking suck. So, so we eventually made it to St. George. We got there about 11 and then, uh, me and Heidi woke up in the morning bright and early about, you know, 530 and went and hiked the subway in Zion. So, nice. uh, I had a buddy, nice. uh, my buddy from Arizona that I went, uh, did Shane that stay, I went to Mexico you with. You said you stayed with friends or where did uh, you we just stayed in a hotel in St. George. Okay. Okay. So we dropped Kate off at her apartment. She, li- she's living down there. And then, and yeah, then yeah, we, yeah. uh, went and, um, yeah, went and did the subway, and I mean, it was it, there was snow. There was like several inches of snow at the trailhead. And uh, wait, then, is this the picture you just posted of you dragging your family along in the snow? That was. I my swear family. to God, I just that was. Was uh, it? It looked like Heidi. Oh, Heidi was there. Yeah, just it was yeah. fr- Heidi and, and a bunch of friends. The girls stayed. Okay, at the hotel I, I couldn't and see who was in. behind yeah. Heidi. It just, oh, but it that's like, right. Yeah, the the it, Sunday it selfie like, on Rob Christian's yes, post. Yeah, yes, that's yeah, that what was I saw. that that's was good. that was the trailhead, and so uh, we're we're sloshing through snow. But um, you my friend, like the only one smiling. 
<laughs> yeah. My friend, while we were driving uh, from LA, my buddy uh, texts me. He's like, Hey man, there's a lot of snow. Um, we're going to rent dry suits. Do you guys want one? I'm like, yes, please. And, uh, you know, coming back from a tropical location to snow is not the, the nicest wake up call. So welcome, um, welcome back. Yep, exactly. So we did. So we rented the dry suits and, and I mean, they were really nice. They kept you pretty warm. Although the shoes, um, were great on rock, but they were not good in snow. So we were slipping mm-hmm. and I, uh, That's I slipped. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Right. It was kind of strange, but I, I slipped in the snow and fell on my backpack and like, I stand up and like the backpack is really wet and my, you know, I can feel all this moist, you know, wetness on my back. I'm like, and I, and I like, it smells like berries or something. And I remembered that Heidi had put a Red Bull in the pack. And when I fell, I smashed the Red Bull and it just leaked all over inside the pack. I'm like, let oh, me tell awesome. you, it doesn't take much to puncture a Red Bull and yeah. leak it everywhere uh-huh. all the way back of Steve's car. Oh, so, man. Yeah. So, yeah, that was take a little that, rough. Justin. Yeah. yeah, but then we dropped down in the canyon, and then it's like there are different places you had to swim, but it was completely, it was just, you know, it was nice and comfortable. We had our clothes on under the, in the dry suits, you know, and so it wasn't bad at all, and, and uh, hiked the subway. Now, the, the subway portion that where it gets its name is like just kind of this circular, like where the water is blasted through this narrow canyon, and so it's mm-hmm. like narrow up top, and then kind of goes into this subway round, you know, cylindrical shape. Um, on the bottom so it's kind of cool you're almost going through a tunnel but it's kind of open at top it's really a neat canyon um and then uh but after that point it's just i mean it's still beautiful but it's kind of walking along the stream side in and out of the water for over rocks and you know up and around the trail and stuff for about four miles (laughs) so Mm -hmm. it's like it's starting to get dark and we're like oh man we got to get out of here and then um the tra- I feel like the every one of your hikes goes into one of these types of uh, situations well, where it's like now we are losing the sun. We're not. We're in a sketchy place. Could it go bad? Dun dun dun. Yeah, we expected it to. I mean, out. we knew it was a nine and a half mile thing, but yeah. it was like it just it does. You know, four and a half miles keeps going and going and going, and you're just like, when is this going to be over? Because it's kind of a slog out of there. But we pass this yeah. giant rock, and it's like this. uh old ancient um stream bed or whatever and there are all these dinosaur tracks crisscrossing it there's like a uh you know carnivorous what therosaur whatever you know just like a uh a, a meat eater you know the the three three toed uh tracks and then there's the like the round like brontosaurus type you know the uh, uh, I can't think of the names I'm my brain's fried but anyway <coughs> we uh saw that and then you know a few miles later the trail out of there is like pretty much just straight up this this cliff right so you're like switch back and up and and uh that was a little rough and and we had to get the suits back the dry suits back by like seven or else we had to pay for another day basically and so we were three of us ran kind of up this trail and got to the the shuttle vehicles and went back up to the trailhead to pick up the the shuttle cars and then bring those back down where everybody was exiting the canyon. And so it worked out nicely. The timing was great because we got right back as they had started up or made it up to the top and were taking off all their dry suits and stuff. And so we just threw them in the truck and got them down back in time. So See a, what I mean? Yeah. See what I mean? It worked out. Ten, it was potentially a great... 
mirrorless coin in the journey. <laughs> Justin pulls it out. It all works out great. <laughs> well, this was a group effort. You know, it was, it was uh, ten of us there, so they're all, all right. they were all adults, and I was just along for the ride. I wasn't leading or anything, but uh, even though I I'd done the you hike, said like they four were times. all adults. Like, do you not count yourself as an adult in that group? No, or? no, I'm okay. I'm very much not an adult. But <laughs> all right, man, baby. All right, so yeah, <laughs> that's that's my trip report, and I'm sticking to it. But nice, what a, what that's a, cool a good place. trip. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah. Uh, good. And then I came home so, and uh, started feeling a little under the weather. And so I have this uh, procedure next next week. And they said, you know, you need to get COVID tested if you have any symptoms. I'm like, ah, I've got a little sore throat. And so I went and got a COVID test and got the results today. And they're like, yeah, you're positive. I'm like, dang it. What the crap? So anyway, what do you do? So I'm going to be working from home for the next couple of days. And I had to postpone my procedure till. January, so that's the, that's uh, the lame part. Yeah. Yep. So now I gotta look forward to that again. Luckily, it was before I'd gotten into all the prep stage and all that. It, yeah. I've heard it's pretty rough, so I didn't want to uh, do that and then have them say, "Ah, you got COVID. Never mind, you can't come." So I'm glad at least we found out before all that. Garbage. Well, for a man with COVID, you look pretty okay. <laughs> Uh, I don't feel that sick. I guess we're, I mean, we're vaccinated and stuff, so it's not too bad, but yeah, you can still get it. And hopefully I haven't passed it on to anybody. I found out in the middle of this training meeting with like 30 other people. So I went out and took the call because I'd taken a home test last night and the home test said it was negative. And so I'm like, okay, I don't have COVID, you know, great. I can just see you going back in like, ah, you know, guys. Well, no, I I was hanging out in the hallway and somebody's like, where's Justin? (laughs) Like he's in the hallway. And I'm like, uh, I just found out I have COVID, so I don't want to expose oh, you, you any more than I already have. <laughs> so I, so I left, you know, and just <laughs> took off. So I, be like, yeah. that guy's an ass. Oh I'm like, you might want to keep an eye on COVID. your symptoms. <laughs> Whatever, oh my god! Yeah, good times. Ah. Good well, times. what are you gonna do, man? Like, you I know. know what can you do? Yeah, not much yeah. you can do. So. Give your give your coworkers COVID. That's what you can do. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, um, we, uh, it was, it's been an eventful week. Um, yeah. Came back and had a bunch more orders for the book. I mean, it's so nice to see it being so well received and been, been an exciting time for that. So I'm, uh, only down to a couple cases. Like I've, I've sold the majority of the books that I brought home. So that's been really nice. I, I really appreciate all the I saw your Australia shipment made it. So yeah, yeah. Cindy, in Australia uh, too. Cindy got a huge order and I just sent a bunch more out to her uh, yesterday. So that's been good. Or That's sweet. Uh, I mean, yeah. when is when, you know, what, what is when <laughs> we're, uh, whenever what, this releases, when? who knows when what is... day it will be, but yeah. Oh yeah. I've, I've oh yeah. I got to... you. I see what you're saying. Yeah. You're saying when will, what then be now? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Probably soon, not soon. Soon. Not soon. Maybe soon. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Well, Eric's back from Australia, so that's that true. Was fun to hear the, hear about the, the trip the, there. Yeah, the the gears uh, the gears should be grinding again. Uh, yeah. So, uh, God knows they ground to a halt with Owen running the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, I can't. He's, he's newly married. I've given him a break. <laughs> I don't think I don't yeah. think editing podcasts was ever his 
was ever his shtup. So no, not so much. Eric's Eric's running the show there. So yeah, maybe uh, maybe we could talk to Owen's wife and kind of get him whipped into gear. Oh, to, to be more. We all know who's running the show. <laughs> exactly. We just need to talk to her, and then we can yeah. get it figured out. Yeah. Get Owen being productive, member of society yeah. again. <laughs> uh, well, should we uh, fight? You want to fight about something? Well, you have to tell me what we're fighting about. Oh, okay. Because well, I drum roll, please. I don't know. No, I, I thought a, a fun topic would be to. <laughs> whoa, there it goes. I, you uh, fun, asked. <laughs> fun topic would be um, to talk about knowledge in the age of information. So we have everything at the you know our fingertips, and a lot of you know old school guys are like, ah, these new kids, they don't know Jack. And in my day, you had to read a book to learn anything. And so I'm wondering, what do you think? If if uh, today's keepers know more, if they're better prepared because they can learn things, you know, easier, find find information a little easier, or if it, you know, putting in that effort and putting in that work um, actually helps you gain more knowledge and, and retain it a little better because yeah. you had to work for it and you really this had to a, want it, that kind of thing. This is a good, good topic. I, I actually, I don't know if anybody caught it, but yesterday, uh, Bill Bradley, one of my favorite human beings was on reptile gumbo and they were kind of mm-hmm. talking about this and, uh, you know, kind of oh, touched cool. on this, a bunch of, a bunch of different topics. If you haven't heard it, it's great. Um, I do have to say though, uh, I made a joke cause we were talking about Florida or something and I made a joke about, uh, Phil Wolf because he lives in Florida being weird, but then he read the comment live, but he didn't put the, any of like the emoji laughing, like <laughs> oh, joke no. part of it. So there's just like a random part where Chuck says, Phil Wolf is weird. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> that, that's not what I said exactly. Like, hold on. So Phil, we're so cool, man. You're not weird. I was just kidding. So just got to get that you. out there. How dare you take pot shots of Philly? Yeah, listen, Phil's not a man to mess with. He's the wolf. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I'm not. You don't mess I'm, with the wolf. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I don't, you know, he's yeah. already willing to break kneecaps for me. What would he do if he felt betrayed by me? You know oh, what yeah. I'm saying? You so don't go I, against you know, the family. That's correct. I'm going to get Fredo'd over here. So, <laughs> Phil, it was all a big misunderstanding. So. Phil is not just weird. To, He's yeah. Just had to and, put that out. And by no, the way, Phil's congratulations not. to Phil. He he just got engaged. How how exciting for him! I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Definitely just, congratulations. Uh, Pop the question, and I she nice. said yes. So good good job, I buddy. Missed, was this? Did you see this on social media, or how did you know this? Um, he. I think I first saw it at the chat, but he also po- posted on Instagram, I believe. Wow, I saw. Yeah. I and I think oh, I follow on, Phil. Man. What the yeah. fuck, dude? What is going what on? What the fuck is wrong with me? I, maybe he blocked you for that heartless comment. <laughs> no, Ouch. I don't. Th- I don't think he'd be. He'd be the kind to address it like head on. Like, hey, man, yeah. what do you do? What did yeah. you say about that for? You know, like he'd, yeah. he'd he'd try to get understanding first before he like jumped to conclusions or got all pissed yeah, off. Dude, he's pretty level headed, t- man. That guy, he's oh, got his head on his shoulders. Dude. You know, yeah, yeah. he's cool. Yeah. He's one of the good yeah. ones, man. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I, I think it's a worthwhile topic. I think, you know, there's a lot of the, the old man get off my lawn attitude about younger kids these what? days. And 
That attitude's <laughs> in this fight. Well, I'm here yeah, for the fun. Could man. Definitely, it could definitely take a seat, you know, in in oh, the in yeah. the bus of this fight. Um, yeah. So, without further ado, let's flip a coin and let's see what side you want. You ready? <sighs> that's that's uh, that's heads. Nope, it is tails. <laughs> oh man, you have lost your mojo in the flipping department. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say it's easier to get information nowadays, and people that can have that easy access to information can gain knowledge quicker. So, so wait, so we're not just so ar- you're kind of okay. arguing yeah. the old school point of view, like you had to work for it and, it and it's better because you had to work harder for it. That kind of thing. I'm, I'm the, I'm taking the side that you, you have everything at your fingertips. You can get that knowledge easier and have, have a broader knowledge base because there's more information available. Okay. Yeah. I'll take that. Okay. I'll take that. Well, you why don't you lead start? us out? Yeah, of course, of course. Of course. I'm going to check of you. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, anybody who's been on the internet can see, uh, e- even though we have more information available to us now more than ever, so much of it is just shite. There's no, there's no um, impetus to put out correct information. And now that we're in the age of information and instant communication, everybody's a freaking expert. So mm. everybody is talking, well, this and that, and based on their experience or this or that, and they're, you know, they put forth things and speak in, in very um, definite terms about, about how great, you know, or, or how true what they do is. Um, and I think that's probably one of the biggest issues is that, that that there's 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 not there's there's people have to know enough to know how to sift through information to know whether they're getting good information or bad information sure there's plenty of information out there but not all of it's true and there's no you know that there's so it seems like every agenda uh that's out there in 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 the social spaces of of the internet um, you know, has put together, you know, information that's that maybe draws grains of truth from places here and there, but has has, uh, you know, a fundamental fact left out of it that just kind of invalidates it. And so if you follow it, it sounds all logical or whatever, but you're misled at a point and, and you you come to the wrong conclusion. Um, and so you really have to kind of know you have to be educated um, behind all of that information to be able to spot the the, the BS. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if you just go in um, saying, oh, well, yes, I read this and it was by this doctor, whoever. Well, I mean, you're a doctor. You know how uh, we got chiropractors talking about virology, right? I mean, <laughs> sure. I believe we you know, had this conversation and, <laughs> but his name is still doctor, whatever. But, mm-hmm. and so, you know, he's got some credibility as a doctor, but Oh, by the way, he cracks backs and doesn't do anything with viruses. So it's yeah. like, I get, I get, you know, I, I get the idea that, that we have more access uh, and, and probably more, 
the the sheer volume of information that we have available to us is is vastly greater than it was you know when when i was a teenager oh um, yeah. you know but yep. that doesn't mean that uh people are necessarily more educated um or or better off uh necessarily just because that's there I mean, of course, you know, I, I agree that, you know, just having information available doesn't necessarily make it easier because you do have to sift through nonsense sometimes. And I think, you know, a big indicator if somebody is new or anytime you see somebody who thinks they know it all or, or they're, they're sure of something or, or they speak in absolutes, there's, it's probably because they're new and because they have very little knowledge. <laughs> the more knowledge you gain, the more, you know, you don't know a, a lot, you know, and that there's so well, much more to learn and, and understand. But, but, but I would say, but I would say that somebody like Frank Payne, I don't want to say he speaks in absolutes, but he says, this is the way you do this because Frank mm-hmm. Payne is, is so good at it that that is that is probably the way you do that it in in a in a long-term successful way um but there's also people who are definitely not frank Payne who say stuff like that and it's kind of Mm -hmm. like how do you how do you separate the frank Payne from the awful jackass you know what i mean yeah and and i i think we've had discussions in this regard where you know like care sheets or care Mm -hmm. sheets a good thing and and a lot of these things get perpetuated over a long time because they are in 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 a form of of care sheet on the net and they're easily accessed regardless of how great the information is you know just because it's available doesn't necessarily mean it's it's the greatest information and and i think you know as as you as you're as you're gaining knowledge or or learning more things it definitely helps to read everything i'm not saying even if it even if it could be a, a garbage you know care sheet i think you still want to read it just to you know cuz there still can be some some good even in these in these documents but i i i will say too but just because um, and a lot of these things came from the older generation that said, this is how you do it. And this is the only way to do it. And if you deviate from this, you're an idiot. And if you try this, then you're stupid because, you know, why would you try anything different than what I said and how it works for me? You know, so I don't think that's a new thing that with the information no, you, age, I think it's I mean, just you got still, a human you still thing, got you know? Yeah, you still got people yeah. out there who want to be the man, right? And by oh, being yeah, the man, yeah. you got to know. And it, it, because mm-hmm. you're the man, and you got to know this is this is my word is the is the word. And yeah. so you got to do it the way I say you're going to do it, or you're wrong. You know, I think yeah. I, I, you know, I mean that's that, an oversimplification of it, but um, that you know that there's a there's a prevalence to that attitude in the quote unquote experts out there, the expert keepers out there. And, and two, I mean, that may not be completely on them because like we said, they didn't know certain things. They didn't have these publications that showed them insights into the natural history of animals. And, And that was one of the big reasons I wanted to write that, um, green tree Python book is that, um, there was all this uh, misinformation in some regard, which was the 
maybe I would say the best information that they had at the time, you know, but, you know, statements like a female green tree python needs to be a thousand grams before you breed her. And then you hear somebody like Daniel Natouche, who's, who's researching these things in the wild. And he says, I've never seen a female over a thousand grams in the wild, you know, and, and they reproduce at three to 400 grams regularly, you know, that, that makes you go, wait a second, we're, we're, we have a disconnect here, you know, and, and, you know, maybe that somebody's in somebody's experience with, with, uh, imported green trees, that's when it worked for them. And so they'd say, okay, you know, to the best of my knowledge, they need to be over a thousand grams, you know, that kind of thing. But they, they don't say to the best of my knowledge, they say it needs to be over a thousand grams to breed, you know? And so, and, and, you know, we keep them at 90 degrees, but then you go to green tree python habitat and it's like, oh, it's 75 degrees all the time. You know, it doesn't deviate much. It goes like from 70 to 80, pretty much consistently all year round. And so you're like, why are we getting up to 90 degrees? This is, you know, not, not healthy for them and not good for them and burns them out quicker. And so, you know, those kind of things, but, but I wouldn't have known to think of that if I hadn't visited their area. And if I hadn't read these, um, research papers, you know, that studied them in the wild. Um, so, you know, the more you read and the more you, uh, look into these things and the more that's actually, you know, that's published because this wasn't published until, you know, maybe the mid two thousands and with it, uh, latest papers within a few years, you know, on, on green tree pythons or some of these things. And so, you know, we, we learn as we go and, and we build on, on a base of knowledge. And so, um, a lot of those things that are, you know, in the green tree Python book, they may be a little bit out of date, of course, because they've reorganized the group and there's a different taxonomic arrangement and stuff. And, and this is the <clears throat> things that people that were really <clears throat> into green tree pythons could have told you probably a couple decades ago, you know, somebody, uh, uh, they they would know what what you know the shape of the tail or something what what would indicate where they were from or their pattern or things like that um so you know there's there's a i think there is some uh benefit to being you know to learning in this day and age and i and i don't think that has to do with any kind of age, I think, you know, if you, if you have a mind to learn things and I, I guess I would count myself in that as I'm still learning, I'm still learning new things and trying to find out different things. And so I wouldn't say I'm some experienced, great, you know, uh, pinnacle or, or, uh, somebody to look up to. I think there's a plenty of things that I could learn and change and, and do better in, in my keeping. So, uh, you know, I think we, we can all, acknowledge that there's a lot more to learn and and we can keep going and and developing new techniques and things like that but at the same time you got to have some point where you say you know this is how i'm going to do it this is my protocol or whatever and this is what works um and then maybe tweak things along the way figure out more this is my peak call better ways (laughs) there you go uh So, so please allow me to retort um yes yes please so so I think, I mean, you gave some good examples of how like we see, you know, outdated knowledge uh, that, that seems to, you know, um, that, that, that we all, yeah, that we all yeah. know is not good. And, and unfortunately, you know, as much as we would like to say that, that 
the internet is such a churn of information that like the old MP days of finding, you know, old posts and stuff are gone and that information is gone. It seems like a lot of that bad information sticks around on the internet Mm -hmm. and it's there, you know, it's there. And so, so it's about who's accessing what and how they're getting, you know, who, how they're interfacing with that information. And, and, and I think, you know, it goes back to kind of, um, what what was kind of brought up uh, yesterday when Bill Bradley was on Reptile Gumbo, um, and I forget exactly what they were talking. Oh, so they were kind of like, yeah, they were kind of you know um, poo pooing how people just follow kind of the the care sheet mentality of like the animal has to be 87 degrees but i can only get the cage to 86 degrees i can't get it to 87 degrees and you know that's i can't keep this animal properly if i can't get it to 87 degrees and i think Mm -hmm. that's because they you know that they're they're reading something they're reading information and maybe that information is 100% correct but they lack such a deeper fundamental understanding of the animal that they're keeping and the the and and I think everybody who has started keeping animals realizes that they lacked that deeper understanding. And as they gained more experience, they were ready for greater levels of knowledge. So what I'm saying to you is that I don't think that those higher levels of knowledge, even though they're accessible to people on the internet now at their fingertips, you have to be ready to receive that knowledge, right? Like it does, if, if, if you, if you are stuck on a care sheet and you're like, okay, what do I need to do? Because I don't know what to do. I got to just figure this out. Okay, here's this thing that tells me keep them at this temperature and do this and do that. That's the 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 level of information that you're ready to uptake, that you're ready for. But but that that deeper knowledge that you're going to gain down the road, uh, that deeper understanding has to come from from you know, just more experience and, and becoming more involved and, 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 you know, gaining that, that deeper understanding. And like, because, you know, I mean, so how, how do you get from, how do you get from, you know, a care sheet to keeping animals outside? Like, how do you do that? Is that, is that, is that the internet that does that for you? Is that, you know, and, 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 and although some of that comes from there, like it comes from multiple sources over time and experience. And you, you're not, you know, somebody who would just come into the hobby and then say, I want to keep my animal outside. There is so much science and understanding of multiple disciplines that you need to integrate in order to make that happen. It's too much for most people. You'd have to be a smart motherfucker to do that right out of the gate. You know what I mean? So, but that whole like smart motherfucker out the gate, that's just somebody who's smart no matter what, but they carried that knowledge with them. Right. You see what I mean? So it's like, I think, I think the internet is amazing for accessing knowledge. And I think you can gain knowledge from it, but it's not instant knowledge. 
because yeah. you have to be at the right spot in what you do to be ready for that knowledge. Does that make sense? I, I, I yeah, I mean, well you enough? still have to you still have to do the work and you still have to understand it. Um, but I mean, when I was looking for knowledge, I had to wait until I was down at the U of U, you know, university library and I could go and access these journals and go down in the basement and get into the card catalog and look up, you know, I I mean, it wasn't an easy thing. You had to kind of leaf through the, the issues and look for articles that you were interested in. I mean, uh, and, and I couldn't just do it anytime I wanted. Now, if I, if I look up articles on Google Scholar, and usually you can access them immediately, you know, for free. Um, sometimes I have to wait and get, you know, order them through my university, but so it might take two days. But I have all that stuff pretty much instantaneously at but, my but, fingertips. But that's not the argument, right? That's well, not the argument. The, the argument the, isn't <clears throat> that we just have, because I can't argue that we, of course, we have more access to knowledge now than we did. Yeah, but yeah, but what I'm not, saying is not, we we can that. we can learn quicker. I think it doesn't, you know, back then or now we can, you know, we <clears throat> you could you could learn this, you know, maybe the same things if you had access to them, but getting that access or or going to a pl- you had to go to a physical location that had that resource. Now you have it at the the touch of a, you know, of your phone and, and you can access it from just about anywhere. So you're able to learn more rapidly and, you know, gain more information quickly than you would be back in the day. I mean, yeah, I you might, you might, it you. might slow you down to have to sift through all the, the garbage that's out there as yes, well. But 100%. I mean, if you're, if you're used, like I said, if you're using Google scholar, um, that's just going to bring up research articles or, or things like that. And that's not to say that every research article is the same caliber or the same level, but for the most part, the stuff that or comes that, up on or that. Or that somebody who is not seasoned at reading research articles can update yeah. that information. Sure, I mean, sure. Yeah, um, it still, it still and, helps to have some background education on how to – how to read or, or digest a, a yeah. scientific and, and, you know. and I th- and I agree with you to an extent I think that I think that the accessibility of information can compress that time that it takes you to to you know become much more proficient in, in your knowledge base it, it has that opportunity but you know I, I think to somebody like Lucas, and I and I wonder if 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 he wouldn't have been in Dr. Loafman's classes and 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 been guided in those ways, would the internet have put him in the same spot? Uh, or does having somebody who already has so much knowledge because they've acquired it, whether it's through the expeditious means of modern technology or the good old fashioned way of just reading books and growing up and accumulating knowledge, would Lucas be, you know, could he compress to, and, and, and like say there's no Dr. Loafman and then there's a parallel universe where there's a Dr. <laughs> Loafman and, yeah. and like, would, would those two Lucases be the same caliber of keeper that they are? Because I think he's an excellent example of somebody who's keeping at a very, very high level for how young and how quickly uh, and he's gotten into it. And I, I, I you know, 
I don't want to take anything away from Lucas, but I do also do not want to diminish how significant somebody like Dr. Loafman would be in somebody's life. Just because I've had professors and people who've really lit my fire, taught me how to process information and do, and, 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 you know, different professors from different disciplines that have pulled things together for me where I, I wouldn't have pulled those strings together myself. I wouldn't have been able to do that. I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't have threaded those needles, uh, without some help. No, I, I agree with you there. I mean, I, I think we, we all have those, uh, mentor or role model, folks in our yeah. lives that kind of sped our journey along and, and gave us information. And, and I think that that needs to continue. And I'm, I'm really proud. I'm really proud to be that guy for you, Justin. I really am. <laughs> <Yeah>. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I couldn't have, couldn't have done without you, Chuck, <laughs> but, uh, we, you know, we, uh, we still need to network and, and talk to, talk to different breeders. And, and, you know, it makes it easy when you have a common interest in certain species. And, you know, I get that, you know, we, we, I'm sure you do too, where people contact you and say, Hey, I see you're working with this, you know, let's talk about this. Or can I call you and pick your brain, that kind of thing. And I think, you know, and, that needs to, and, and that may have gone down a little bit. I think as, as we enter this information age, we do see, less sociality or, or less, um, networking in some ways, you know, back in the day, you didn't really have another choice. The only way to yeah. meet other herpers was to get on your dial up, you know, phone, you know, dial their number with your, with your rotary phone or whatever and call them and Why talk to them. Nick you know, What do I see Nick Mutton just spinning the rotary phone? <laughs> there, there wasn't an option to text or to message or to, you know, yeah. these other email or you had to either write a letter physically or you had to give them yeah. a call on the phone. And so much, much different uh, situation there, but you know, and it seems like as we have more access to these easier forms of communication, we actually talk on the phone much less and we, we interact in person much less. It's very truncated or, or just, uh, you know, through email or through messenger or something like that. So I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Um, I mean, it, you know, it's, and, and, it's, uh, and I think, I think, I think the other big part to this is that, the information age is paradoxical in the fact that, you know, the, the, the more access you have to information and, and the more it's out there, the lazier people seem to be about getting that information. You using mm -hmm. the example of having to go to the library and get into the Dewey Decimal System and find all these things and the, and people have it right at their, at their fingertips and, they don't, you know, there's so much. I mean, they could really, we could really, really, really be digging into research articles and, 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 you know, but it, you know, nobody, nobody goes into those research articles and does that stuff except for a few reptile nerds, such as yourself, such as, you know, um, the Iper, you know, the Ipers, like, you know, and and maybe a few other of us nerds right but but the but the point i'm making is that when the big the big nerds go and accumulate this research and put out a book people do go buy that book and that's a service and you're and you're 
aggregating that information and presenting it to them in a, in a very digestible way. But all that information is available to them right now. They don't mm-hmm. go digest. They don't go out and seek it out. They wait and, and for some, you know, some, and Hey man, the book's got pictures. It's, it's there, you know, I, I'm not, uh, I hope, mm-hmm. I hope you don't think I'm like being negative about it. I'm just saying like, all that research they could go get it's on the internet it's there sure. it's it's you know available to them but they don't they don't either yeah. they don't know it's there which kind of goes to my argument uh, you know of of maybe the age of information is doesn't you know translate until you're ready to take it up and if somebody can condense it into a nice book and give you all this information with the pretty pictures and lay it all out for you and it's nice easy reading then then they're ready for that information so maybe the more complete carpet python is a, is a way for 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 someone like yourself to leap people's informational readiness forward in huge heaves yeah and and i mean we we reference all the the information that we quote from these articles, we, we put the reference to that article in the book. So you can get yeah. into the, you know, look at the primary literature where we got that information from and, and, you know, look at it yourself and see if you agree with our assessment. You know, nothing's um, permanent or some, you know, dogma or anything. We can we can discuss those kind of things, you know. And so just because it's our interpretation of the data doesn't necessarily mean it's it's uh the fast, firm, you know, yeah. solid truth or whatever. So, yeah. And, 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 you know, going back again, I'll just go back mm-hmm. to stuff Bill Bradley said last night on Reptile Gumbo. What, what are people doing? Are they, are they listening to the very few reptile nerds like Bill and yourself and, 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 you know, Eric and, you know, the, the, no, they're watching YouTube and people who are, you know, sensationalists and clickbaity, you know, that's, that's what the predominance is. It's not heady, intellectual, you know, information based people. So, you know, here's your biggest like issue with the idea that with all this information, we're still interested in the jackassery of, Mm. of herpetoculture, you know? Oh man, that's a, that's a pretty good point. <laughs> and it's, I mean, I'd like to say that that's not the truth, but it just seems like, and I, I mean, I find myself in, in that sometimes it's a lot easier to watch a video and just be entertained and, you know, watch, watch yeah. some funny little thing happen. I, mean, I, but, I, I get it. It's just, you know, and, and again, yeah. it goes back to my thing about, but it the, doesn't the age of information anything. is paradoxical. When when you yeah. don't have this information, humans thirst for information, right? But yeah. but when you don't have it, they thirst for it. But when it's all there, when it's all there, and it's at your phone, you can get it on your watch, you can get it in any way you want it, <laughs> then they're lazy as shit about it. Because it's like, well, I don't need to know that. I could just, I don't Google know, find it, it out yeah. somehow, or I don't know, whatever. Like, yeah. th- so, so... All of a sudden, it's 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 it, it, it's like a you know. So, people used to be the treasure trove of information. Now the internet is the treasure trove of information, and people could care less about filling their vessel with information because it's all out there. I don't need to know that. I can just look it up. 
I can just do this. I can do that. And the problem with that is you don't grow when you don't fill your vessel with information. I think that's my big issue with it. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, I can't, I can't deny that. I mean, I, I think the, the level of effort and work is, you know, maybe it's the same. You still got to read the information once you find it. I mean, maybe finding it back in the day was a little more difficult and a little, you know, you had to drive somewhere and physically pick up the book, whereas now you can download it and read it. But you still have to read it. You still have to put in the effort. You still have to put in the work. And, I, you know, I don't think that will ever change. So regardless of how accessible information is. Now, the other thing is, is, is we maybe read one one article or one thing and we think we know a subject, you know, and, and that goes back to what I was saying previously is like people who think they know it all obviously haven't read very much. They haven't looked into it very much because if the more you learn, the more you learn, you don't know a lot. You know, I I was, I don't know. I'm, I'm shocked at my ignorance. (laughs) Like I think, and, and I think we all should be a little bit, aware of our ignorance and, and, and humble in the fact that there's so much to know and nobody can know it all. You can, you can gain quite a bit of knowledge, but usually the more you, more you, uh, acquire, it's usually more focused in on a certain subject, you know? So you could know, like, you know, I, I know quite a bit about a a subset of viruses, you know, like two or three viruses. I know a lot about those, but when it comes to the other, you know, like a bacteriophage or something, I don't know jack about those, you know, I could, I could fill a book with what I don't know. You're, you're kind of an expert in that narrow part of your field. I think you would also say like there's so much oh, to yeah. still learn at the oh, so, yeah. so if you take very simple all things people, we don't know yeah the, you take mm. all those people and all those like very 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 specialized forms of whatever their discipline or interdiscipline is they mm-hmm. all say the same thing is this yeah. is kind of what we know now but there's so much here's, we still here's don't a piece understand. of it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, 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 and that's and, you know as the years go by we gain more information and we learn yeah. more things and and i mean that's the beauty of it is is you can come along and make a significant contribution you can yep. come up with novel ideas and novel things and test those and learn about them and see if that fits with the larger picture and and that's you know that's that's what more people need to do. I think a lot of times we say, ah, every, you know, it's everything's known, everything's out there. And, and like to your point, you know, everything's accessible. I can all I have to do is Google it and I can find out anything. That's not necessarily true. The deeper you no. go, the more yeah. more you're looking into things, you know, and so um, that that. M- but but at the same time, there are a lot of the pieces to, you know, things that will guide you to novel information that are out there. And if you don't know those pieces, it's going to make it very, uh, a lot more difficult to discover new and, um, novel ideas. Right. Mm -hmm. If that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Um, I, I guess as an example, you know, thinking about the writing the book, most of the stuff in the complete carpet Python is just, either stuff you know we figured out through trial and error like how to keep a carpet python alive and happy and maybe get some eggs from it and then other things like what's in the published literature and you know what what other people have published or discovered and we're just basically compiling that now novel thoughts those are a little more further and f- uh, you know, f- fewer and further between um 
but one that I was really excited about, and it was kind of one of those, uh, you know, whoa, I, you know, light bulb moments was, was the idea that the, you know, the, um, water drainage basins matched up with kind of the genetic, uh, breaks in, in the carpet Python, um, work that had been done. So somebody else did the genetic work and somebody else yep. figured out where the water basins were. And it, I put those two things together and said, Oh, Eureka, you know, maybe distribution of, of carpet pythons or, or taxonomy of carpet pythons has something to do with how they distributed and how these and, different barriers and, keep them apart and things like yeah, that. And a lot of the, the progress that we see in science now is coming through interdisciplinary collaborations yeah, where exactly. people who are expert in their fields start to lay things over and they make connections across other disciplines mm -hmm. and, 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 aha moments happen so you yeah. know i think kind of to my point is is you 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 have to you have to kind of continue to gain that fill your vessel with knowledge mm -hmm. uh, across lots of different subjects because very rarely do you reach any type of wisdom by singularly focused pursuits of knowledge oh yeah yeah for sure yeah, I, I don't know. That's and, and you know we we need to think about things more and ponder things, mm -hmm. you know. And like, uh, just because you read something doesn't mean you you have internalized it or you know it or or you can uh, put it to put it into practice. You know, sometimes that takes more effort, and and uh, you know we can know a lot of things and not know anything at the same time. So, uh, but but also applying that knowledge is what kind of leads to wisdom, I would think, you know? And so when we talk about wisdom in the, the age of information, um, you can know a lot of facts and you can know a lot of things, but until you put that into practice and until it, it yields a positive result, you don't really have that wisdom or that, you know, true knowledge. Uh, so, um, but I guess that, that can be the same in any age. And I think, um, I would say, Let's, and most let's, people who are most people who are wielding wisdom say mm -hmm. they don't have a lot of knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Well, you and know? and and they because, because they know they, they don't. Yeah, exactly. They recognize, they recognize yeah. how deep <laughs> knowledge goes. And, and I, you know, one of the one of the biggest things about the the herp trips that you know I've been doing over the last you know five ten years is is spending time with like minded individuals in the field just chatting about different ideas and different things and different methods and, you know, those kind of things that, that getting back to the basics and, and communication and, and just kind of saying, you know, here, here's what I'm thinking of. How do you see it? Or what, what is, you know, what's your take on this? And do you have any, anything else to add to what I'm thinking? And, you know, let's grow together kind of in our conversation. And I think, you know, that's very hard to replace and you can really get some synergy in, uh, thought, you know, and ideas and, and novel things. And, you know, when you're discussing things out in the field and I've had some wonderful conversations, present company included, you know, with, with you and with, you. you know, Eric and, and Keith McPeak and, you know, all sorts of all, all these guys, Steve, I mean, Steve's a wealth of information. And I, I really like talking to Steve because yeah. he yeah. usually has that. 
Terry Phillip is another one Terry, of those guys yeah. where like every time I talk to him, I come away with some cool idea or another yeah. and I don't talk to him enough. I wish we'd talk more, you know, I'm always, thing, I'm so. always blown away every, no. every, every yeah. time I've ever talked to Terry is just like, oh, he's, he's on he's, such a level. He's just on a level, dude. Yep. So, yeah. And, and sh- shares very freely and openly with everybody. Yeah. And, you know, he's just, yeah. I don't know. I, I, you know, my kind of, my kind of, yeah, I do, I, you know, and, it's that's kind of the that we we need to get back to that discussion you know talking with people and and bouncing ideas off each other and i think you know reptile shows are are another good avenue for that you know you can go up and chat with your favorite breeder at their table or whatnot and and ask them questions and get information and and tell stories you know hear herping stories or hear observations in the field and things like that and that can help uh build our knowledge base, you know, all those kind of things add up and, and give us more knowledge and, and hopefully, uh, allow us to implement that knowledge and, and gain wisdom. So. Amen. Yeah. But I, you know, I do think having everything kind of at your fingertips gives you a great resource, but you have sure. to, you have to use sure. that resource. Absolutely. Not 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 an arguable thing there. Yep, that's. Uh, I don't know. We we reached the conclusion of our discussion. I, Any I, anything good. else to I've, add? <laughs> I've said what I had to say. <laughs> okay, we did get a little feisty, Chuck, out there, didn't we? Ah, Just, you not asked not for as it. feisty as you threatened, but you know. <laughs> I don't. I yeah. I. I, I <laughs> I don't want to overwhelm you. You just got back. You were just. Yeah. Don't beat up on me too much, man. That's correct. I, you're, you're already in a weakened state weakened because state. of your, 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 your COVID diagnosis. So I don't want to, uh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can't do that to you. Okay. Horrible. I appreciate yeah. it. I appreciate you're, you're yeah. a gentleman. Hey, you're, hey you're, take the next five days off work on me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. You'll pay my salary. I, I appreciate That's that. not <laughs> what I said. That's yeah. not what I said. Remember I, I live in Utah, so it should be pretty easy to cover, you know, for you yeah. rich Californians. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I don't know. I thought, I thought that was a, worthwhile conversation you know you a good conversation the, sure yeah and and i think there's plenty of great examples out there of young people coming up and saying you know the the generation before me has done a good job but i can add to this i can you know figure things out from here i can maybe see a, a better way of doing things and i think that's encouraged right that's how how it should be the 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 next generation should be smarter than the one that preceded it because hopefully they're building off of what, what came before them. You know, it's sad when we go backwards and we start thinking that we know everything and that there's nothing new to learn. And I mean, <laughs> I, I heard, heard a story of, uh, it was the Arbo, um, sorry, the insect, the mosquito research, um, at, Harvard or, or one of the Ivy League institutions, you know, big, big university shut down their mosquito research unit back in like the 50s because DDT came out and they were going to eradicate mosquitoes. So what's the point of learning about them anymore? Because we're just going to wipe them out, you know, um, 
<laughs> a little short-sighted, maybe. A little, little short-sighted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, kind I, of I a even miscalculation on yeah, that part, huh? <laughs> we don't want to wind up in that position where, like, ah, you know, this thing's gonna be extinct. Why do we care about it? Why are we gonna learn about it? <laughs> you know, that's kind of funny. But uh, keep learning, people. Keep learning. And uh, let's learn together. Let's chat and discuss cool topics. Uh, come, come on the show. Come chat. You know, come fight your ideas with us. That's the that's the way we all grow, right? We can all grow together. I've got a. Um, we'll set up an, uh, a show with with somebody that that had a had a show idea, and you know that's that's a lot of fun when people have their ideas and bring them on the show for better or worse. You know, it's good to get get on here and and talk it out discuss your your ideas and your points and have a <clears throat> fun time doing it so yeah we're a platform for you to kick ass yeah sorry justin's coughing right now sorry he's dying. <laughs> yeah there you go all right he's back <laughs> hasn't been too bad but it's i don't know no, i don't know if it's knowing that you have it and then it makes it worse or something you know you're like, my daughter no. my daughter had COVID not that long ago and mm. she was a little sick, but not bad. And then she yeah. caught something after COVID that was horrible. Like her cough was horrible. Uh, so, yeah. Some of those yeah. secondary bacterial infections can Dude. be much worse than uh, the viruses. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, she, um, like she was going to puke. Ugh, <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. uh, we appreciate our listener out there listening to reptile fight club and, um, thanks, thanks for your support. And, um, you can find, uh, Chuck and I on social medias. I'm on Instagram at J or at JG Julander. Um, on Facebook is Justin Julander or Australian addiction reptiles or reptile fight club. Um, you can message us on those. Uh, be patient. I'm I'm not the best sometimes at getting answering messages on some of the different platforms. I generally check uh, you know the Facebook Messenger most frequently. That's where. Um, but sometimes I forget that there's like message requests and kind of in the wings yeah. waiting for me to answer. So be yeah. patient if you if you message us. Don't don't get too frustrated if we don't get back to you too quickly. But. Justin has more time this week than normal, but yeah. <laughs> well, now I'm going to be working from home, so I, I still got the uh, same work. No free just, ride then, huh? <laughs> exactly. No free How about ride. you, man? Where where are people finding old Chuck uh, out there? Yeah, I'm IG uh, as Chuck Norris wins, uh, <laughs> or you can just find me as Chuck Poland on Facebook. So cool. Well, stop by, say hi. Uh, yeah. Well. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week for another episode of Reptile Fight Club. Night, night. Fight Club.